give thanks to God for our worship team and Lee. Always so grateful for them. Thank you so much for, for being willing to take some time and do that. We, we've never done anything like that before, so uh, I didn't know how it was going to go, but I think it went okay. So thank you for spending time and doing that. If you did take the survey at the end, it kind of gives some results, and it puts you in some different categories uh, based on the uh, kind of goes from the Jesus' parable of the sower, and it kind of tells you about you know, the starting point of your soil in regard to generosity. So I was going to tell I meant to tell you beforehand, if you didn't get in the place you you wanted to, don't, don't fear. It's just a starting point. And, and I realized I was a little thornier than I thought I was. So it's a, you know, it, it's all good. Great. Um, but thank you again for doing that. If you did do a, a hard copy of it, there's a little basket right next to the, um, the offering basket in the back. You can drop it in there on the way out and, uh, just really grateful for y'all doing that. That's just going to help us in so many ways. So, so thanks so much. Uh, as, uh, as Michelle mentioned earlier, we're, we're in this series that we started last week for this season of Lent. It's called uh, From Graves to Gardens. And it's, it's basically about this journey that we're going to take together from, from death to life. We're going to end at, at the empty tomb on Easter Sunday, and we're going to celebrate. But for right now, we're living in this, this place, this, this tension, this uh, not yet, right, where, where we're moving in this direction and and we're trusting God. We're talking about some things that, that only God can do and God will do, but we're also talking about the things that, that God is calling us to do. Uh, we're, we're believing together uh, the words of Jesus to his disciples. With God, all things are possible. And, and so we're going to move together through this, and, and we're going to look at some different things along the way. Today, we're going to look at uh, what the journey looks like from rejection to redemption. That's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes this morning. I want to start by asking you this question. Have you ever felt the pain of rejection? Have you ever felt the pain of rejection? Maybe maybe you were picked last in some kind of athletic situation, or maybe you were passed over for some kind of job situation. Maybe, maybe you weren't invited to the skating party as a kid, or maybe you weren't invited to the dinner party as an adult. Uh, maybe maybe you, you gave your heart to someone and that someone didn't give their heart back to you or, or they, they did and they took it back. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about that. Maybe, maybe a story or, or an event or a circumstance came into your mind when I was reading some of those scenarios. I know they did for me. I have a personal story for each one of those, but, but I decided not to share them this morning. Number one, because of time, and number two, I'd probably start crying and then it just it wouldn't be good. So... So I'm just going to move on, and I'm just going to say this morning that I think we can all relate to that, that feeling. We've probably all experienced that before. There's really nothing like the, the pain of, of rejection, especially if we feel like we've been rejected by God. Have you ever felt that way before? I want to talk a little bit about that, that this morning. This is not uh, something that necessarily we, we get excited about or, and want to talk about, but, but sometimes that's the reality of our lives. And so, uh, and that's what our scripture lesson is about today. I mentioned to you that as part of this series where uh, there's a daily devotional by my friend J.D. Walt called Soundtrack, and it's a journey through the Psalms. And so some of us are reading a Psalm each day, and, and there's a way to get that sent to you each day. If you'd like to, just let us know and we'll get that to you. Uh, but today we're going to look at a Psalm 44. And Psalm 144 is part of a collection of psalms that are called Psalms of Lament. 
and, and they're written not by King David, by, but by these folks called the sons of Korah. And, and they're written specifically for God's people who are experiencing uh, lament. Uh, in this particular psalm today, uh, God's people are experiencing the pain of defeat. And, and they're feeling rejected and they're feeling abandoned and they're feeling forsaken by God. And so as I read this, uh, I think you're going to see a pattern that, that maybe we can all uh, relate to and learn from. Now, in this particular psalm, they're talking about uh, defeat in, in military battle, but, but, but maybe it has something to say to us today in the battles that we face every day. So I want you to hear this God's word for us, and I, and I think I want to just kind of set it up in a way that you can kind of see uh, this pattern that's taking place. See, at the very beginning of this psalm, they, they're, they're reminiscing about God's faithfulness to them in the past. And what that looked like for them was God giving them victory over their enemies and, and prosperity in the land. They say this, here we have heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their army bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. See, this is uh, this would be what I would call the good old days for God's people. This was when things uh, seemed to be always going their way. And, and it, was, it was God's powerful presence and provision in the past that caused God's people to, to pour out praise to God in the present, as long as it produced the results that they prayed for. Listen to this, verse 6. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory, but you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. In God, we make our boast all day long, and we will praise your name forever. This is good, right? But, but it's here in the psalm, it kind of takes a turn for the worse. God's people start to experience the bitter taste of defeat. The tables start to turn, and they find themselves stripped not only of, of their possessions, but also their pride. And although in the verses that follow, they, they don't abandon their faith, but in their frustration and their pain, they start to feel like they've been abandoned by God. Listen to verse 9. But now you have rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our enemies. I mean, with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy. Our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. Have you ever felt the pain of rejection? Can, can you relate to that, that place of, of feeling deserted and defeated, scared and scattered? You know, if, if we're honest, I, I bet there's not any one of us here today in, in, in what I call the 14th month of 2020 who hasn't longed for the good old days, right? You remember the good old days when, when things were much simpler, when decisions were much easier, when, when God's favor was much clearer? I, I'll be honest with you. I, I got here uh, last Sunday morning. You remember last Sunday morning? I got here at about 6.30 in the morning and I came to check out the, the roads and the weather, and I was slipping and sliding around in the parking lot trying to get to my parking spot. And, and I remember finally getting there, and I remember, I remember thinking, God, is it, is it ever going to get any easier? I mean, 
all that we've gone through this last year, just, just to be able to worship together in this place, and then now they're the worst snowstorm in Middle Tennessee in 25 years. My prayer sounded something like this. God, can you give me a break? Anybody ever prayed that prayer before? Can you give us a break? When the hits just keep on coming at work or at home, with with our family members or or with our finances, have you ever just cried out, God? I, I thought we were friends. Why have you forsaken me? You heard that prayer before. Here's the thing, for me, I, what I decided to do in that moment is I started to to, to look back at those times in my life that that I experienced that that disappointment and that discouragement where where stress and struggle and have put strain on my relationship with God and my relationships with others where where worry and weariness has made me wonder if, if God's even there or if God even cares and what I realize when I reflect on that is is a pattern that that I'm not really that proud of and I'll just tell you it's this in it's that in times of abundance it's easy for me to praise God for the blessings. But when I experience struggle and, and hardship and loss, so quickly my, my praise turns into phrase like, God, where are you? Why don't you do something? I, I need some good news in the middle of my bad news. Have you ever been in that place? Well, if so, you're not alone. That's exactly how this particular psalm ends. Psalm 44 ends with God's people crying out to God to intervene. Listen to this. Yet for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, Lord. Why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and our oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. I love the honesty of the Psalms. It makes me feel like that they're, they're, they're real life. It, it, it kind of reminds me of that story of, of Jesus and the disciples when they're in the storm and, and uh, they're in the boat together and Jesus is asleep and the disciples are going, wake up, Jesus, why, why are you sleeping? Don't you care about us? That's exactly what we feel like when we're, when we're in the storms, right? The question I want to throw out to you today is this. What do we do when our experience doesn't match our expectations? of what we think God should do. What do we do when we find ourselves down in the, in the dust of, of disappointment and discouragement? Last week we talked about how the season of Lent that we're in right now is this time in the life of the church for us to focus on, on two really important things, reflection and repentance. 
And like I was talking about earlier, for me, I've been trying to do a lot of reflection. I've been looking back over this last year and, and, and in past years, and, and I've been seeing those places where, where life has been difficult. But I've also tried, tried to look back and reflect and see those places where God has been faithful. And, and it's interesting when I do that, I see another pattern, at least for me, it's that during those times where life has been most difficult, God's faithfulness has been most defining in my life. Does that make sense? How many of y'all could, can relate to that? Those, those times in your life when, when life is most difficult, that's when God's faithfulness has been most defining. Sometimes we don't realize that in the moment. Sometimes we have to look back and reflect to be able to see God's hand in our lives, to be able to see God's presence and provision and power, how God redeems those difficult moments in our lives. It, it kind of reminds me of the old story about the, the footprints in the sand. Do you all remember that? Where the man's walking with, with God on the beach and he sees two sets of footprints and that's where God's been walking with him, but then he sees one set of footprints and... And he says, God, during those most difficult times in my life, that's, I only see one set of footprints. Why, why did you abandon me during those times? And God says, you remember, my son, the reason you only see one set of footprints is because during those times, I was carrying you. I, I shared this with one of, my, one of our staff this week, and they sent me this little comic to take it the next step further. It says, you, you see that long groove over there? That's when I dragged you for a little while. <laughs> How many of you can relate to that one? But seriously, as I, as I reflect on this past year and I think about all the struggle and all the strife and all the strain that we've dealt with, all the, the series of unfortunate events and the, the impossible situations that we've had to endure as individuals and as a, as, a, as a people of God, I found that if I take the time to reflect, to look back, I can see God carrying me. I can see God carrying us and maybe sometimes dragging us a little bit. But God is moving us from, from those feelings of rejection to, to experiences of redemption. As I look back and see those events through, through the eyes of faith, I see God redeeming those, those moments. I, as I reflected on last spring where we had to go entirely online, I, I reflected on how God provided for us even before we knew what we needed for a way for us to be able to gather together even though we weren't together physically we gathered digitally and and how through the god used the generosity of of some of the folks in our congregation to help us get some equipment that we needed to be able to reach out in a new way to even more people it was something only god could do and yet god allowed us to be a part of that i i reflected on last summer when uh when we met out there in the parking lot. Do you remember that? We had worship in the parking lot. And, and I remember how God provided for us in so many ways with, uh, with cloud cover in the morning and some cool breezes every now and then. Although it didn't ever seem to be while I was preaching. It got pretty hot some days. But God provided for us. And, and God used the generosity of, of folks like you to provide uh, a trailer and, and, uh, and treats and, and just your time uh, to make that happen. 
I reflected on, on last fall when we came back into the building and, and we came together even though we had different opinions about what we should be doing or not be doing. And, and I just saw God's hand and how God provided and how God has blessed our fellowship in ways beyond what I could ever imagine. And I share all that with you today because, because it's in those moments of, of reflection where, where we see God's faithfulness. And we have to acknowledge it. But, but I have to also acknowledge and confess in those moments that, that I haven't always trusted God fully in those times. Sure, I trusted God in, in the times of blessing, but it was a little harder to do during the, the blizzards. And I'm not just talking about the weather. See, see that's, that's the kind of reflection that, that leads to repentance. If you remember, we've talked about repentance. All that means is to simply turn towards God, to, to turn back to God, to return to our rightful place in relationship with God and, and to be who God's called us to be. And if I'm honest, I have to tell you so many times in my life, uh, those times that I've felt rejected or abandoned by God and, and the God who, who once felt so close seems so far away, in those moments, I have a tendency to blame God. But as I take time to reflect on those experiences, what I realize often is that it's not God that's rejected me. It's me that's, that's rejected God. It's, it's not God that's abandoned me. It's, it's that I've abandoned God in pursuit of, of other things. I, I've gotten so busy and so focused on doing my own thing that, that I can't see God doing God's thing. I've been so blinded by, by fear or by pain that I've lost sight of God's provision. And the truth that I've discovered, at least for me, is that if God feels far away, more often than not, it's because I've moved. <laughs> There's a great story. I, I, I meant to share it closer to Valentine's Day, but I'll share it with you today. I think it illustrates this really well. Do you know the story of the, uh, the, the old couple in the old pickup truck? They're, they're driving down the road, and uh, the, the husband's got one arm on the steering wheel, and he's got one arm out the side of the truck like this and and it's one of those trucks that's got the big long bench seat and uh, all the way at the other end of the truck is the wife and she's got her arm out the window just like this and and they're driving down the road and they get to a stop sign and uh, at the stop sign there's a much newer model of the same truck and uh, there's a younger couple inside the truck and and the man is there, he's got his arm on the steering wheel, and then he's got his other arm on the seat like this, the same big long bench seat, except uh, there's a woman that's slid all the way up there next to him, and they're sitting there together like this in their truck. And so the, uh, the couple in the old truck are looking at that couple, and they're looking at each other. She's looking at him, he's looking at her, and she turns to him and she says, why don't we do that anymore? And the husband says, well, I hadn't gone anywhere. They thought it was funnier at 8.30. <laughs> I probably told it better at 8.30. But you get the point of why I'm telling it to you, right? The truth is this. No matter what it, what it feels like, 
No matter what you're, you're going through, whether it's defeat or discouragement or disappointment or divorce or lo- job loss, loss of a loved one, loss of your independence, stress, sickness, struggling to make ends meet, what you need to hear today, the good news of God's word is that God has not abandoned you. God has not rejected you. God has not moved. God is right here with you. In fact, he's actually moving towards you in ways that maybe you can't see and, and, and don't understand yet. Maybe God is working uh, in ways that are bigger than you can see or that you can feel to, to rise up and rescue you. See, that's the good news of God's grace. That's what the gospel reminds us of, that, that Jesus came to us, met us right where we were, did not reject us, abandon us, leave us, forsake us, but entered into our pain. In fact, Jesus doesn't only... And not only does God understand our rejection, but, but Jesus has done everything to bring about our redemption. Jesus was rejected and abandoned and condemned and crucified on the cross for our sin and for the sin of all humanity. So that even though I've rejected God, even though I may have abandoned hope and lost faith, I am still loved and accepted by God. I am redeemed and restored and renewed by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. That's good news in the middle of our bad news. Amen? We need to be reminded of that because it's so easy for us to move when we feel lost and we feel hurt and we feel abandoned. It's it's so easy for us to move away from God. And yet God is constantly inviting us back to Him. Even though I've turned away from God more times than I'd like to admit. I let discouragement and disappointment and defeat drive this wedge between me and God. I'm always invited back into the family and back into the fold. Not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. Because God loves me unconditionally and meets me right where I am and invites me to come and follow him. All I have to do is turn, turn towards him, trust him, entrust to him all those feelings and all those experiences and all those expectations. And when I do that, uh, I allow him to replace those feelings of rejection and abandonment and, and defeat with the truth of his presence and provision and power. See, the good news of God's grace is that God can redeem anything and everything. My experiences, my expectations, my unfortunate events, my impossible situations, my very life through his life and his death and his resurrection. That, that's why we begin the season of Lent with these powerful words, repent and believe the good news. See, God has chosen to answer the prayers of God's people when they were down in the dust. Do you remember Psalm 44? Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. That's something only God can do. And it's something God did do for you and for me. And when we turn to him, God's word promises that that's what he will do over and over again. And it's in those moments of reflection that that we have to choose whether we're going to continue to go our way or we're going to turn and go God's way. 
we're going to try to keep doing what, what we can do or, or we can turn and allow God to do what only God can do. We have to trust in the, in the truth of what God has already done through Jesus. That's the kind of, of repentance that leads to redemption and re- restoration and renewal. See, God longs to move us from that place of, of rejection to redemption. There may be some of you here today that, that feel rejected by friends or by family members. There, there may be some of you who feel abandoned by, by our culture or, or even by the church. There may be some of you here today that feel defeated by circumstances and, and situations in your life. But wherever you are today, I want you to know God is with you. God is for you. God is working for good in and through and around and sometimes even in spite of us. For his glory and, and for our good. There, there may be some of you here today that, that have let the concerns of this world become heavy burdens in your life. That are weighing you down because you were never meant to carry them on your own. There may be some of you here today that have endured hardship after hardship and, and you just can't seem to catch a break and you feel defeated and you're directing that blame at God. There may even be some of you here today that have listened to the voice of the enemy for so long that you've believed lies about yourself and about God and because of that you're feeling rejected and abandoned by God. But I want you to hear the good news today that you are loved and accepted by God unconditionally you are treasured and valued as a beloved child of God and your life has meaning and purpose beyond your disappointments beyond your discouragement beyond your defeats because Jesus has given us victory once and for all you may not feel it this morning but I want to invite you to believe it because that's what God's word tells us Pastor Carolyn Moore says lament is giving space for God to shape our pain around his truth. That's what I want to invite you to do this morning. Because God's truth reminds us over and over again, you may feel run down, but you're not rejected. You may feel alone, but you're not abandoned. You may feel deflated, but you're not defeated. God's word tells us we are chosen We are not forsaken. We are invited to the celebration. God has given us his heart. And he invites us to respond. One more thing. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, you know, if you know his story, you know that he was no stranger to hardship. There were so many times in his life that he found himself abandoned and and rejected and, and alone. And yet, Time and time again, the Bible says that he was completely convinced of, of the good news in the middle of the bad news. He was sold on and sold out to God's grace in the middle of whatever it was that he had to face because he knew that because of Jesus, nothing was impossible and no one was irredeemable. I want, I want you to hear what he said to the church in Romans. I hope this is an encouragement to you today. He said, what then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And then, you know what he does? He quotes Psalm 44. He says, who shall separate us from the love of God? In Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword as it is written here Psalm 44 for your sake we face death all day long we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered no he says in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. It's the good news of God's grace that moves us from rejection to redemption. And so here's what I want to invite you to do this morning. The, the worship team's going to come up and, and do one more song with you. And I want to invite you to, to respond. Redemption always requires a response. Our response to this life-altering revelation is, is life-changing repentance. It's saying to God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for doing what you alone can do. Now I want to do what only I can do. I want to turn from going my way and I want to go your way. I want to trust you. I want to put my faith and trust in you. I want to return to you. I want to give you those, those feelings of, of rejection and abandonment and despair. And I want to ask you to transform them as you transform me. I no longer want to be defined by my circumstances. I want to be refined by your spirit. And when we do that, you know what happens? Remember those Examples of the pain of rejection I shared with you earlier, being picked last, being passed over, not invited to the party, giving your heart to someone and not giving them back to you. When we give those to God, those feelings, those experiences, God begins to move us from that place of, of rejection to redemption. God replaces those painful feelings with his eternal promises and God uses those painful situations for his eternal purposes. So the band's going to sing uh, one of my favorite songs. It's called, I Am Who You Say I Am. And as you hear these words, I want to ask you to spend some time just praying and asking God, God, where are those places where I feel rejected and abandoned and defeated? Or maybe those places that I feel like I've rejected or abandoned or turned away from you? And ask this question, God, where do I need to return to you today. What does that look like? Where, where do you need to turn to God and through repentance to ask God to do what only God can do, which is redeem your pain with his promise and transform your pain into his purpose? Where do you need to allow God to rise up and rescue you, to move you from rege rejection to redemption, to, to allow God to transform that part of your life from graves to gardens. I want to pray for us and then I want to invite you into a time of prayer as you hear these words of truth from God's word. Lord, we thank you for your truth that is greater than, than our experiences. It's greater than our feelings. It's greater than anything else because it reminds us that nothing can separate us from your love 
that was demonstrated to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God, you proved your love for us more than we could ever imagine. And all you desire for us to do is to respond, to receive that gift, to turn towards you and allow you to do what only you can do to transform our lives so that we might be part of the work that you're doing to transform this world. Wherever we are today, Lord, whatever we're feeling, whatever we brought with us, whatever's going on, Lord, help us to open that place up to you and allow you to come to bring your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness, your redemption, your restoration, your renewal. God, do what only you can do. God, we love you. We thank you for who we are in you, for whose we are in Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.